pickaxe. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Oh, there we go. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Okay, hold on. Yeah, sorry. I I, uh, I wish I'd, I'd prepared for this a little bit better. That's okay, man. We, uh, you know, a big part of the stream is is technical difficulties and poor preparation. So, yeah, you you're you're right at home, buddy. And what's your name, friend? <laughs> uh, you just call me Ganny, like last time. Okay. And so, for those of you who don't know, Ganny was on the ban appeal stream. Is that right? Yeah. And you were? Did you get unbanned? By the way, what happened? Yeah, no, I ended up getting unbanned. Awesome, dude. Congratulations yeah. and, and welcome Thank back. You. Thank you. You know who unbanned you? Uh, I think it was Jake that unbanned me. I don't Incorrect. know. Incorrect. Who was it? It was Twitch Chat. Twitch oh, Chat unbanned yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. You offered your case to Twitch and, and Twitch found you worthy of mercy. Well, thank you so much, Twitch Chat. Yeah, man. I think we're, we're, we're rooting for you, Ganny. So well, thank um, you. tell me a little bit about what we're talking about today. Well, as far as my understanding goes, we're talking about the, uh, because last time when I was on the uh, ban appeal stream, there was, uh, the, the issue came up about, up about whether or not I'm an incel. Okay. So uh, I guess it's about better understanding what it means to be an incel or what, uh, whether or not I guess I qualify as an incel and what, like, what that's all about. Okay. Yeah. So, uh can you tell can you just recap for people like and for myself like what what was the reason that you were banned i know we don't want to get too much into that but well i was banned because of some comments i made that were like considered uh either insensitive or not safe for work or like offensive okay and um and and so what's your understanding of like you know when you came on the stream and you said hey this is what happened do you have a sense of like what Twitch chat resonated with in terms of like why they thought you should be unbanned? Well, I think it's because they saw my ability to look back at some of the things I said and maybe reflect on them. And I guess like some people, I'm not sure if everybody liked the fact that I laughed at them, but I think they kind of were able to appreciate the fact that at least I was able to find like, at least I was able to look back and reflect on maybe how uh, the kind of things I said and what that meant. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think that's a great way to put it. So I, I think we, you know, appreciate people. I think we're, as a community, we're here to like grow and learn from our mistakes, right? It's not about being perfect. It's about learning from where you misstep. And and I think in that way, Ganny, you actually exemplify, you know, what we want to build, right? Is a place where people come and they learn something about themselves and hopefully they grow from it. Um, so thank you very much for coming on last time and just being a part of the community and, and hanging out on Discord. I, I'm I'm really grateful to you, man. Yeah, no problem, man. So tell me a little bit about, um, I mean, this term incel, do you think you fall into that category? Yay, nay? Well, I think by definition, like if you think about it as just somebody who's involuntarily celibate, somebody who maybe wants to get a date or wants to be able to be sexually active but isn't, I would say I fit in that category in the sense that, I mean, I've tried many things. I've tried like approaching girls. I've tried doing all sorts of things to try to get, get, uh, 
I guess girls still like like me, but none of it's really worked out. It's gotten rejected a lot. Okay. Um, and I think there, I, and I think the part about incel, the incel terminology that, uh, I guess a part of it is about resentment towards women. Okay. And I think that in some ways I harbor some sorts of resentment, but I don't, I see that as more of a negative thing. I don't see it as like, uh, I see it as like unproductive, the resentment, I think. Sure. So can you tell us a little bit, there's that word approach again. We had that word on yes. Friday used a lot. Um, and, and so Ganny, do you mind if I ask like ballpark of how old you are? I'm uh, 19. Okay. And, <laughs> and how old, do you have a sense of like how old you are before you become an incel? Like, do you have to well, try for a certain amount of time or is it just sort of like, well, I think uh, I've I've heard the number twenty four thrown around, but I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I have a few years, but I think I I think uh, in some ways uh, there are certain things that are determined like at a very young age, or like your appearance or your social skills that can also affect your ability to uh, attract women. I think your social skills are determined at an early age. Well, by I think it depends on how you're raised and depends on the environment you're you're you live in. I think. Okay, okay, and your appearance is determined when you when you're born. Yeah, although I guess there can be changes in appearance when you get older, like uh, if you work out or even if you don't. Like sometimes your face changes, you grow into your face a little bit more. So sure, I guess that's why some people don't consider people who are like teenagers or younger to be insults necessarily. And, and so if we're talking about sort of what was determined when you were born, um, do you feel like you kind of got a, a particular hand of cards dealt to you when you were born? Yeah, for sure. Can you tell us about that? Well, I think uh, as far as my appearance goes, like uh, I'm not wearing a mask. I mean, there are many, re a couple of reasons why I'm wearing a mask, but I think one of them is uh, insecurity about how I look. And I feel okay. like appearance for me at least recently has been a pretty significant issue when it comes to like self-confidence and self-esteem i think so i think okay. that's one of the cards i was dealt with when i was born and i think uh i think that's i, I honestly think that appearance plays a very big role in attraction just because like i feel like i i feel like the way you behave also does but two two people with like varying levels of attractiveness can behave the same way and it'll be taken a bit differently you know what i mean sure absolutely i remember seeing this uh troll i think tinder profile or something where some some someone made like a profile of a like with like a male model's picture and basically said in the the blurb that in the tinder profile that he was either like a convicted sex offender or a pedophile or something really bad and and he still got bunches of like you know women swiping right is that swiping right, yeah, is, right. is accept or reject accept yeah <laughs> okay yeah so you say you're insecure about how you look and yeah. appearance certainly plays a role um how does how long have you been insecure about how you look? I think, well, I've, um, I think, I feel like I've been insecure about it for maybe a few years now. I think for a while I just didn't care about it, but that's because I wasn't really concerned about like attracting women that much. So I wasn't really super concerned about how I looked. I, to me, how I looked is just like a side effect. There was just something very small. 
So I never really paid too much attention to it because I didn't think it was necessary to pay attention to. Okay. Can you just tell me a little bit about um, how you grew up? Uh, that's a bit gen- like what specifically? I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I'm just curious, it's... like, you know, what was what was it like growing up for you? Who was at home? Uh, well, I lived with my, I, I've lived with my mom for most of my life. Uh, and I was mainly, I mean, like, are you talking about like home life specifically? Or? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I lived with my mom and she's had like, uh, partners and stuff like boyfriends and stuff, but you know, my parents divorced and I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I lived with my mom mainly. And I saw my dad on like weekends and stuff. What was your relationship like with your mom and dad? Um, my relationship with my parents in some ways, uh, well, in some ways my relationship with my mom is, was kind of, was pretty close, but, um, it's also kind of complicated. And my relationship with my dad has been a little bit distant, but he's been there. Like, well, I feel like when I've needed him, he's been there some of the times, I think. He's been there some of the times. Yeah. And is there, can you tell us what you mean by when you've needed him? Can you share like a, like what's a time, like what's an example of that? Well, like, um, there's just been times, like, I feel like when I was growing up, I, I, uh, I never really, like I, certain things like how to talk to like girls, for instance, or how to talk to like other people. I feel like it's something that your dad can teach you. And my dad wasn't really like talking to me about that stuff as much or what if he did try to talk to me about that I wouldn't really want to talk about that so Hmm. I would just so yeah so uh, I'm trying to get a sense of I mean so if you weren't sort of taught how to do this properly is that because your dad kind of dropped the ball there or is it you almost mentioned like you maybe didn't want to talk about it well it's like a mix of both I just kind of didn't care at that age I didn't really start to care about like talking to girls until I was like maybe 17 okay and do you think, where do you think, you know what a bell curve is? Yeah. What's, where does that fall in, under the bell curve of when people get interested in talking about girls? Um, I feel like that's pretty late. Although like I was interested in girls. Well, I'll say I was interested in girls in like middle school and then, but then throughout high school, throughout most of high school, I just wasn't interested in girls really. And can you tell me about what school was like? Well, I, I went to a very small school, so there wasn't really a lot of like different kinds of girls. So I wasn't really attracted to anybody at school. So I just, to me, like school was about hanging out with my friends and like, like learning and stuff. And it wasn't really, I never really thought too much about girls because to me, the girls that I was, uh, grew up with were not very attractive. So I just kind of didn't pay attention to them. I see. So it seems like the girls that are worth paying attention to are, are people that are attractive. Well, the kind of girls, like, I guess the girls I'm, I was interested in dating, like I wasn't interested in dating anybody in school until I was like 17. Okay. And what happened when you were 17? Well, when I was 17, I started to get attracted to this one girl who I, uh, that at school that kind of got me interested in girls again. And um, I think that was when I started thinking about like, oh, why don't I have a girlfriend or when can I get a girlfriend is when I started like trying to get this girl's attention or trying to, I guess, get this girl to like me. Can you tell us about her? 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the thing about this girl is, like, at first, uh, I, I talked to her, and I was pretty upfront with my, uh, intentions, like, I told her I was into her, and I asked her, like, out on a date, but she said, it was really weird, because she rejected me, but then for, like, a week straight, she would, like, text me, like, almost 24-7, and co constantly keep in contact with me, and then after that, she just kind of dropped off and stopped talking to me. How do you understand that? Well, I still, I still, it's still hard to wrap my head around just because I don't know why you give somebody so much attention after rejecting them and like, why you would, um, like what, I, I was like, it, was she kind of into me? But then I was thinking if she was into me, she wouldn't have rejected me unless if like, she just, I don't know, like, like, I, I, I don't really know what the, what she was trying to communicate with that kind of interaction. Yeah, that's a damn confusing situation. Yeah. Can you tell me what you mean by she rejected you? Well, she just said she wasn't ready for a relationship, so it wasn't straight up, but it was like it was kind of like a little bit left in the air, but it was like uh it it she just said she wasn't ready for a relationship and she didn't really want to date me specifically because of that. Uh but she didn't really straight up it was hard to really tell if she was saying like I'm not interested in you or I'm just not interested in a relationship right now in general. So Okay. So when she said she wasn't interested and, and you like, you like walk, like, can you walk me through like what happened? Like you just walked up to her and you said, Hey, I'd really like to take, like, what'd you, what, can you walk, would you do a play-by-play -play of the interaction? So I think there's well, a I lot messaged to her on I messaged her on Instagram, I remember. And, uh, I, I, I think I, at first I was just asking how she was doing. And then I was asking like how she was like I was just trying to start small talk. <laughs> I guess it's kind of weird to go right from that to like oh I like you. Uh, I I can't remember the exact messages, but um, how much time like, between the small talk and the stating your intentions? Uh, I think I I don't as far as I remember, well, there wasn't a lot of time. No, are we talking like minutes, hours, days, or weeks? I think minutes or, or minutes to like, maybe like 10 minutes. I don't know. Okay. Um, and what's your perception of like, what's in her head? Like do women walk around and sort of have a kind of a conscious understanding of like, okay, these are the three dudes I'm willing to date. These are the seven dudes I'm not willing to date. Like, how does that work? Well, I mean, what I, I've been told in the past that like a lot of the times girls know whether or not they're attracted to you, like within like seconds of meeting you and that uh, there are certain guys that they will just be attracted to and certain guys that they'll just not be attracted to. And it's not just looks, but based off of certain factors like looks or like personality, like, so like, when like you confidence. Say you've been told. Where, where, I mean, who told you that? Well, I've talked to people on the internet. <laughs> okay. It's actually a pretty good source of information. But what do you think about it, Kenny? Well, I think it makes sense to me because, like, usually I know who I'm interested in pretty quickly. Although it does take me a little bit of time. Like, I feel like there are many girls that I'm, like, attracted to. Like, I think they're attractive, but I wouldn't necessarily date. So maybe it does take a bit more time. I don't know. Okay. So it sounds like you know who you're attracted to pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and what do you think could be happening when, when you talk to someone and you say, 
Hey, how's it going? Do you like the weather? Small talk, small talk. And then you're like, hey, I'm really interested in going out with you. What do you think are the range of possibilities of what could be going on inside the person that you're talking to when you transition from small talk to like letting someone know that you like them? Like the range of, sorry, can you say that again? The range yeah, of like emotions? what are the range of things that she could be experiencing? Well, maybe it could like take her by surprise, but I, I guess it wouldn't really take her by surprise because a lot of girls kind of know if you just start messaging them randomly, like a lot of girls kind of expect that you're interested in them if you're randomly sending them messages, you know what I mean? How do you know what a lot of girls expect? Well, because I, I, well, I assume at least that girls get messages a lot from like guys that are trying to hit them up because they're like interested in them or whatever. Okay, so it sounds like an assumption on your part. Yeah, no, it's definitely an assumption. Okay. Um, so you said that maybe she feels surprise, but then you sort of walked that back and you thought maybe she doesn't feel surprised. So what do you think? Is surprise a possibility? Yeah, it's just a possibility, but I'm not 100% sure necessarily. Sure. So what else is a possibility? The possibility is maybe that she expects it or she's just waiting for you to say that because she kind of expects that you're going to say it. Sure. So she's waiting for you to ask her out. Yeah. What else? Um, well, maybe she, maybe she, maybe the girl might perceive it as being like, uh, like there's something, there's something wrong with kind of saying that, like it's uncomfortable, like she, she might feel uncomfortable with randomly being like going from like small talk to like being asked out. I don't know. Sure. She could feel uncomfortable. What else could she feel? This is a great, great hypothesis generation, Ganny. Um, she might feel, I don't know, like, I can't think of anything else, I'm going to be honest. Okay, so maybe she feels fear. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe she's afraid of what this means or something like that. Maybe she feels joy. Maybe she's, like you said, been waiting for you to ask her out. Maybe she feels, um, valued or important. Because like flattered? Flattered, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Um, maybe she feels confused because maybe she feels like more than one thing right so maybe she's yeah. flattered and confused maybe she's been waiting for you i i think I, what i'm kind of sensing though is that there's just a lot of different things that she could be feeling what do you think yeah no that makes sense to me okay and so if someone's feeling a lot of different things and you ask them a yes or no question like hey do you want to xyz what do you think they'd say um well it might be a complicated answer just because of all the things they could possibly be thinking yeah so generally speaking it's been my experience that when people are complicated and confused they tend to say no oh really yeah, yeah that makes sense to me right so if i called you on the phone and i'd say hey or like let's say i dm'd you like three days from now hey ganny how you doing you're like i'm doing well dr k and then i said ganny i have an amazing investment opportunity for you are you interested in hearing more? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me out, but... <laughs> no. That I think you would expect, right? Yeah. So I, I think sometimes people just say no when they don't really know what to think. What do you think about that? I mean, I never really thought of it that way, but I mean, that that's a possibility. Like, I can kind of see how that logically follows. Yeah. Because uh, oddly enough, Katie, I... I you know, I don't know how to say this. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But like, 
I think it sounds like she was actually kind of interested in you, but much like yourself was like a confused 17-year-old who didn't understand what she was feeling. What do you really? think about that? Yeah. I mean, it seemed kind of possible, but then afterwards she said she rejected me because of religion or something. So I don't know. I don't know what that was about, but... Yeah, I, I think that it sounds like she had some... So the interesting thing there is that if we really tunnel down and look at the reasons, what are you hearing the reasons that she said no? Because she gave you two different reasons. Yeah. What were the two reasons? The two reasons is the religion, and she just wasn't ready for a relationship. What does that say about your attractiveness? Nothing. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I'm I, sometimes I'm under the impression that, like, even if she doesn't feel ready for a relationship, if she's like attracted to you, that sh that the, the whoever it, it it is will just kind of like, especially when some people are young and like aren't necessarily thinking ahead that much. Like, I feel like if they're attracted to you, they're less likely to think ahead and less likely to think, oh, I'm not ready for this. They kind of just want to get involved in it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do you think what percentage of the population do you think that describes? Well, I, I think it makes sense that it would describe a lot of young people, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people who, I think young people have less foresight in general. Sure. And so what are we talking about? Are we talking like 90% of young people are willing to throw the future to the wind? 50%, 30%? percent. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I, even if you say 50%, it's like she's maybe there's a coin flip, whether she's someone who's like, has bad judgment, basically. Yeah, right? I guess Because so. what you're sort of describing to me sounds like bad judgment. It's sort of like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about the future. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like because I'm physically attracted to someone. Yeah. I know this sounds bizarre, Ganny, but in my experience, most people are not like that. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, that, that? Would, that, that would make sense. I think, I think there's a lot of assumptions that are made about, I think specifically women a lot of the times, like about an attractiveness and like what, what women are willing to do if they're like attracted to a guy. I don't know. I, I feel yeah, like where do you, where do those assumptions come from? Well, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the, like, a, there's a, there's a lot of stuff I've read on the internet, like a lot of, uh, that assume a lot about, like, I think what women are thinking or how women act or how women react to like, I guess like chads or like guys that are considered like really attractive or whatever. Yeah. So what I'm really curious about is where does that stuff come from? Like where, like, I guess like red pill, the like, uh, red pill community or no, like, no, I, like I, I understand that there are communities, right? But like, where does the original information come from? So I get that there's like a bunch of people who communicate with each other on the internet. They sort of describe what female behavior is like, but I'm, what I'm curious is like, where's the root of this knowledge? Um, well, I think it's a lot of it's from men. So I guess, I'll, I guess men's perception of like how women behave, I guess. Okay. And what do you think about that? Well, I think, I, I mean, I think there's, there's value in like, I guess, men who interact with a lot of women and like maybe how they, their, I guess, their perception, but at the same time, I guess, I guess there is a reason to believe that maybe it's not the most reliable source of information when it comes to like how women are. I don't know. 
Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's just be critical for a second. So like on the one hand, it makes sense, right? Because we have observations, right? So men make observations about the way that women respond to them. Agreed? Yeah, it makes sense. And, and so based on my observations, like you made an observation. So, so you've concluded you're kind of like an soon to be incel. Like if you hit 24, like you're concerned about appearance, you're, you think women are not attracted to you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And, and so what, based on this experience, like you use the word rejected. Yeah. To describe this interaction with this woman. Whereas the weird thing is I'm not hearing that you were actually rejected. Really? Yeah. It sounds like you asked someone out on a date who wasn't ready to be in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, they did kind of more reject me afterwards, but I guess at first... It that too, I don't think she rejected you. I guess the beliefs I, I had or... Yeah. I mean, so, so let, let me give you a different interpretation, Ganny. I'm not saying mine is right. It's just there's a different way to look at the story. So she is actually physically attracted to you. And she's taken by surprise that like you're making small talk one second, and then you ask her out. And then she kind of panics because like a lot of times when you're, you know, when you're taken aback by something, you just sort of like panic and you're like, oh, I don't really know how to respond. Um, or she has her own anxieties. Maybe she doesn't want to seem too easy, for example, right? Because they're like groups of women who also will make assumptions about men's behavior. And one thing that they'll tell each other is that like, you can't come across as too enthusiastic. Otherwise he'll use you and dump you. Does that make sense? That women would yeah, propagate that. Right. So then she's like, she's really confused because actually she really likes Ganny and she's been, she, she's excited, but then she's like, Oh, like my friends have told me not to say yes right away. So she says, I, or maybe she's just not ready for a relationship. Maybe she's 17. And she's not yeah. really sure what she wants. And then she starts messaging you, as you put it, 24-7. Now, that indicates to me that, like, she's interested in you in some way, because why would she message you all the time afterward? And yeah, I'm not sure. Guess... No, say what you're going to say. So, so I'm not sure exactly what, how you responded to those messages. But then it sort of sounds like maybe she was interested in you, but ultimately decided that she didn't want a relationship with someone who maybe there was some kind of religious conflict with. But even then, that actually implies to me that, like, if she's giving you that as a reason, it sounds like she was really, like, considering pros and cons. And that actually what happened is, like, if, if you cite that as a reason to turn someone down, it usually means that there are actually a lot of things in the pro column. Like, a week of deliberation followed by, hey, I don't think it's going to work out because of religion sounds to me to be more the result of deliberation than like, you know, knee jerk, you're ugly. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, that makes sense. I think it's, I, I think that is a different way to, to look at this situation. Although I do kind of recall, because we had a lot of mutual friends and I do recall hearing something about like, how she wanted to like, let me down kind of easy. So I don't know if that could be part of it. too. I'm great. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up. So yeah. now we get to a really interesting question, right? Which is like, you could make the argument that you're very unattractive and she's using the religion as an excuse. Yeah. And then actually she thinks you're just like ugly. Has that thought crossed your mind? Yeah, it has many times. Okay. So now I've got a question for you, Ganey. How do we know? 
right? Well, like, let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say I reject you and then I give you a reason. How do you know if the reason is right or the reason is wrong? Um, well, you, you would have to, I guess, go, go off of like the person's, I guess you, you look at the person's behavior, like their history and like how much the reason lines up with like how consistent it is with how they actually conduct themselves, I guess. Absolutely. Right. So you can use observation to determine if they were shitting you or not, right? Pulling your leg. That makes sense. I think the tricky thing is that you seem to be adopting in my mind, an unfalsifiable hypothesis. Do you know what that means? Yeah, no, I know what that means. Can you explain it to us? It's like a hypothesis that can't be proven wrong or that no matter what is, is going to be proven right, I guess. And, and whether or not it actually is true or not. Sure. And, and do you have any sense of what could be, when I say, I think you're adopting a potentially unfalsifiable hypothesis, do you know what I'm referring to? Well, I guess that there's, there's no way to prove that she necessarily is interested or there's no way to prove the, the fact that she isn't interested necessarily wrong. Right. Or that like, like, so she's giving you reasons and you're choosing to kind of hot, like supplant those reasons with your own. Yeah. Right. And I think the interesting thing is that the reasons that you're using are based on the insecurity about how you look. Yeah, that makes sense. So the funny thing here is that what I'm hearing is like your insecurity is actually what's in the driver's seat. So, yeah. So let me put it to you this way. Let's say I'm an attractive dude, but I don't believe I'm an attractive dude. And if someone tells me, hey, dude, you're, you're pretty attractive. How do I respond? Does it change my, does it change my view? Mm, no, not really. What happens? What do I say in response? Well, you, you, can, you think they're lying or they think, you think they're saying that to you to make you feel better. Absolutely, right? So then, like, then that's kind of tricky. Like, Ganey, what do I do about that? Because no matter, so some people, and then what happens is like when I ask someone out on a date, and they say, no, sorry, I'm not interested in a relationship right now. What do I think? You think, oh, it's because you're not attractive or because you don't think you're attractive, basically. Right? Yeah. So now, now, how do I come out of that? Well, you come out, you come out of it thinking you're even less attractive or you come out of it like with your hypothesis proven correct or in your mind with your hypothesis proven correct. Yep. So, so I'm asking you, if I'm stuck in that position, how do I get out of that position? How do I change? I guess you could change by either changing your hypothesis or I guess making your hypothesis something that is more reasonable. I don't know. No, but that's not going to happen, right? Because yeah. like, like we just saw that the, the two biggest reasons, at least that I can think of that would change my hypothesis, one of which is, is people would disagree with me and try to explain to me how I'm wrong. Or that I actually get evidence to the contrary from another person, or not evidence, but let's say they'll say something else. And both of those I'm going to knock back. uh, What I'm kind of curious about is like, what, like, how can I move out of that? Um, like move out of the, I guess, move out of what again? Sorry. Move out of the idea that I'm unattractive. Um, I don't know, because that's what I've been trying to do for like a long time. So it's, I don't really, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. So let, let's say something else. So let's say you're walking down the street and, and a woman who is incredibly attractive, 
approaches you and says, hey, you're kind of cute. Do you want to buy me dinner? What do you think then? Well, I feel like then the, you you would be, I would think I was attractive because like, I feel like if I wasn't, the girl wouldn't approach me or say that to me. Okay, I disagree. I don't think that's what you would think. Okay. What do you think I would think? I would think that this is some... I, I would think that you would think that there's some kind of trick here. Like, I, w- I guess I would I would probably be, be kind of spe- uh, skeptical. Like, I would be, I would be like, what's her in- what are in- her intentions, I guess. I yeah, right? Because, like, she sure as hell isn't going to actually find you attractive. Yeah. Right? Like, you're not... It's not going to change your mind. Like, your insecurity, I don't think, is going to get wiped away by a perfect 10 approaching you on the street and and sort of expressing interest in you. What do you think? Yeah, probably not. Right, so, I mean, this is kind of just tricky because I'm I'm not really sure, like, how you can, you know, because... It sounds like even when people tell you things that are contrary or don't support your view of things, that for some reason your mind swats those those reasons away, like because of religion or whatnot, and and you substitute it with this idea that I'm I'm unattractive. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Any thoughts about that or questions? Well, I think I think the fact that I'm or the the idea that I'm unattractive comes from like more than just uh I guess encounters with girls. Like I feel like I feel like there have been multiple encounters with with girls that have like made me think that not just that encounter with that one girl and I feel like I feel like if it's I feel like if something keeps happening over and over and over again, you start to see a pattern and you start to kind of try to explain that pattern with some sort of factor or you know. I completely agree. So so let's just run through that. Let's just recap, right? So when you yeah. see a pattern, you try to come up with a good reason for that pattern. Agree? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Now, here's the really tricky thing is that I think this experience that you described, you're saying is fitting the pattern, whereas I think your mind is cramming it into the pattern. Yeah, I I guess like are you talking about the experience with the girl that I just mentioned? Yeah. Yeah, I guess in some ways my mind will make it fit the pattern no matter what, whether or not it actually does. Which is interesting because then the pattern that you're developing is not necessarily based in fact. It's based in, like, your mind cramming a factual experience into a particular interpretation. Yeah. I guess that is a very productive way of seeing it, but I, I it's like... Uh... I, I can't remember. I'm trying to think of a word to, to describe this, but it's like, I guess, cognitive bias or like, it's like when you have a, you have an, a hypothesis and everything that you, you find a way to make everything that you experience prove that correct or. Yep, exactly. Bias, so, yeah. so we all do that. And like, that's, that's normal. It's called a confirmation bias, if, if I remember correctly. But, you know, at the same time, we don't want to assume that this is just a confirmation bias, right? Like, like if you really believe this, Ganny, there's got to be, like, a decent reason. It's not like you started with a confirmation bias. Does that make sense? A confirmation bias only applies if you already have a hypothesis. Yeah, that's true. So then the next um, question becomes... Yeah, go ahead. I feel like... Um... 
Oh, sorry. Can you say the last thing again that you were saying? Yeah, a confirmation bias only applies once you already have a hypothesis. So the idea yeah. that Gany is unattractive can then be confirmed, but it has to come from somewhere. Yeah, I feel like that hypothesis comes from like multiple rejections. Like I saw the last stream and the last guy had like 300 rejections. I'm not quite there, but there sure. are being like many girls that have uh, rejected me. And I feel like, and like I've had a girl like, okay, I've, uh, I've uh, some of the rejections were like from IRL girls, but there have been some from like girls online and people are online are a lot harsher. So I've had a girl literally say it's because of my looks or because I'm not attractive. Like I've had like online girls will like literally just say that like straight up. They won't even like mince words. Can you tell us about that? Um, well, I, I didn't actually ask this girl out, but somebody said like somebody asked her, oh, would you date uh, me or would you date this person? And she said, no, I wouldn't want to date a guy who was that ugly. How did you feel when you heard that? Well, it kind of, I, I, it kind of upset me a lot because I was, uh, I, I, she was like pretending to be my friend or she was talking to me like as my friend for a long time. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh no, this guy's ugly. And I was like, I was kind of surprised that she would say it. So like, she would say it like that. Like, I feel like even, even if you don't find somebody attractive, if you're their friend, you wouldn't say they're ugly. You would just say, oh, I'm not, I, I, I'm not personally attracted to them. Sounds quite hurtful. Yeah, very hurtful. What happened to that hurt in your heart? Is it well, still there? I kind of, yeah, I kind of internalized it. And um, I kind of, uh, I guess I really took it to heart because I was thinking that this is, must be what all girls think if this is what she thinks. I don't know. It started to become something that you believed about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like her opinion became truth. Yeah. Did you resent her? Um, in some ways I resented her, but in other ways I kind of it was like, oh, it figures, like, because it was already aligned up with my hypothesis. Part of me found it very easy to believe and it was very easy to digest. So I just thought of it like I was very upset about it. But in a, another way, I was like, go figure. Like, of course, she thinks that. Hmm. So it was sort of confirmed what you already knew. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds like real evidence, though. I mean, because we're talking yeah, about, no, real evidence. you know, interpreting certain words. It doesn't sound like you can interpret that a bunch of ways. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Hmm. Can I think for a second? Yeah, go ahead. It's interesting. I actually have an alternate interpretation. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> right. So why do you call someone ugly? Be well, I, I would say you call them ugly because you think they're ugly, but nope. I mean, I don't know. Incorrect. If you think what? someone's ugly, what do you call them? Well, in many cases, you call them attractive to make them feel better. Absolutely. Right. Or what you normally do is is like you'll say like yeah i'm not interested in that person yeah when do you call someone ugly 
Uh, well, I guess, I, I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but maybe the person might be secretly attracted to you in some way. I don't know. Not only secretly attracted. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a real stretch, buddy. Although that can happen, right? So sometimes people have something called reaction formation, which is that they like, they denigrate that which they feel embarrassed to want or that which they cannot have. Yeah. Right? So that shit happens all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So what if I tossed out that if uh, the reason that people call other people ugly is, ugly is to hurt them? Yeah. That makes sense. And, and what if I were to say the most powerful or common reason to call someone ugly is to try to hurt someone? Yeah, I mean, that seems reasonable. Right? So all you have to do to test that hypothesis is go to any third third grade playground. And yeah. you'll have people calling each other ugly all the time. And what are those <laughs> kids trying to do? They're trying to offend the other kids or make themselves feel better. Absolutely. So if you actually tunnel down, I don't think most people, like, even if you're not attracted to someone, I've very rarely heard, or I cannot think about many cases or any cases, where someone actually calls an ugly person ugly to their face, unless there is an intention to hurt them. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, sorry. Say yeah, go ahead. Say. Nope, go for when it. When I talked to her afterwards, it was kind of weird because it's like she didn't even see what was wrong with her saying that. Like she, she was like, "Oh no, uh, I wasn't trying to like say anything." And she was, but she said like, "Oh, I, I." She said I was feeling entitled. Like she said I feel entitled to have every girl be attracted to me, and like I am like wrong for saying that I I should be insulted by somebody calling me ugly. Yeah, man. So I don't know how else to ask this question. And I don't know if this is going to make any sense because it's a fucking abstract, weird question. Is that shit about you or is it about her? I Well, I, I feel like it's about me, but it's also partially about her because... Buddy, that's about her. Yeah. So like if she's on a social crusade to put entitled men into their place because men feel entitled to have all women be attractive to them? Like, I don't even know where she gets that. Is that something that you, do you, did you do something that she felt like she had to put you into your place? Because it sounds like someone else asked her, hey, would you go out with Ganny or not? Yeah, no, I never even expressed attraction to her or said I was attracted to her at all. So I don't know how to say this, Ganny, but that has nothing to do with you. That has like, that has everything to do with her issues. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Right, like why on earth it just doesn't does that, does that make sense like it that, that doesn't make any sense to me unless like there's some yeah. context i'm not getting no that makes sense and it's just weird because people don't call like even if you're not attracted to someone you don't call them ugly yeah right i mean i've never I, I, that's pretty rare like i haven't heard somebody actually say that besides her really so and and so i mean if she's saying that you feel entitled to have all women be attracted to you like where's she getting like where's she getting that from now, we got to be careful because we got to make sure there's no cognitive bias here that you're blinding yourself to something. Because there are some people who are like incels or chads, or I don't even know what to call them now, where they do feel an entitlement towards women. Have you done well, anything I I, that... I think I do kind of have a sense of entitlement just by nature. Like, I feel like there have been times where I've gotten pretty... Like, I well, I felt pretty salty towards women who rejected me, and I have... Like, I, I think I, I uh, one of the chat logs, like, if you read it, it said that 
I don't really feel entitled. Think that like I wouldn't go up to a girl and say, "Oh, you're like I'm entitled to you for you to like me," <laughs> but I do feel like in general, like in a fair world, everybody would have at least like one person that's attracted to them. You know what I mean? Or one person that. But I guess it's we don't live in a fair world, so. No, hold hold on a second. But you do have one person who's attracted to you. You think so? Yeah, that first girl. Yeah. At seventeen. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, she's... Like, she sure as hell didn't call you ugly, and it sounds like she was into you for, like, a week while she was sorting through her feelings. Yeah. I. Anyway. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do hear a lot of words that don't seem to be from your mind coming out of your mouth. Uh, explain what you mean by that. Like you see, it's like, I hear like platitudes, like, oh, in a fair world, there would at least be one person attracted to me, but it's not a fair world. So fuck me, I guess. That sounds like the resentment of the internet. It doesn't sound like an act, like, I think it resonates with you. I think that perspective validates you. I think that perspective yeah. makes you feel not alone and not like an idiot which someone who's insecure is going to look for a lot of ways to not feel like an idiot. And there's also a really subtle thing there, which is that if it's an unfair world, Ganny, it's not your fault. You just yeah. drew the short end of the stick. It just feels like even though it's not my fault, it really sucks. And it's, and it feels kind of like therapeutic sometimes to complain about like how unfair things are. Like, I feel like you, you, I you're, feel like I do kind of get something out of it. You're damn right. I think you get a lot out of it. I think this whole community gets a lot out of it. So I think this yeah. is a very confusing thing where a lot of people assume that like incels are dumb. Like the Chads and the Stacys think that y'all are like dumb and losers and rejects and all that kind of stuff. I don't think so. I, I think that you guys are, you're definitely getting something very important out of this. What yeah. do you think you get out of calling yourself an incel? Well, I think it kind of shifts blame away from you or it shifts, uh, it kind of, I guess, says something more about the world than it says about your, your, yourself in some ways, I guess. Yep. And so then what do you get to do if, if it's not your fault? You get to, I guess, uh, as they would say, like lie down and rot or not do anything about it necessarily, like just waste time. Absolutely, my dude. And boy, don't we love that. If there is one thing that we love here on Twitch and in the gaming community... It is to lie down and do nothing. <laughs> right? Yeah. We love to bitch and complain and do nothing. What do you think? Well, I see some truth in that, but I, I do also see some, some truth in the fact that I am constantly trying to improve. I think it's just about finding the discipline to do to behave like that consistently or to consistently do things to improve. I'm really, really happy. And it gives me hope that you choose to disagree, even somewhat. Yeah. Well, thank you. Because I gave you an excuse, right? I gave you the perfect excuse. Go ahead, my dude, Ganny. Lay down and do nothing, bro. And what did you say? Uh... I said that I don't want to lay down and do nothing. I want to change myself and get better. Absolutely, man. And I'm behind you 100%. And I think that's why you came yeah. on stream today. And, yeah, for sure. And, 
and I, I think you are going to change. And I'm not trying to wrap up here, but I feel like it's an important point here. I think you are going to change, and I don't think you're going to be alone forever. I really don't. Well, thank you. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I like to, I like to think that maybe I have a future, and maybe I have, there is a possibility for something more. Yeah, I don't know how else to say this, man. Like, so I'm going to sound like a real boomer here, so I hate that I'm about to say this, but I feel like it has to be said. Dude, do you know how long five years is? I mean, it feels long to me because I'm pretty young, but I, it's, it feels it's, like it could go. No, dude, it's such a long time. Imagine, just imagine how much you've changed from 14 to 19. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And five years is a really long time. A lot of people don't get laid in high school or even at the age of 19. Right? Like yeah. some people get laid after college. Like it, it just, everyone's at their own pace. Yeah, the average age to lose virginity, isn't it like around 16 though? Like it's, uh, at least in the United States. I don't know. I would be surprised if it's that young. Yeah, no, it's like 16. And even then, I would be careful about the phrase average. Because a mean is biased towards outliers. I think the important question is what's the median age? Yeah, because I guess the, like, if there's a lot of people or a fair amount that are, like, losing it super young or super old, that, like, conflates the average, right? Yep. So that's why the important is the median, not the mean. Because there could yeah. be, like, 13-year-olds out there having sex, and they're going to really lopside things. Or even the, the another important thing would be what's the mode? So what's the most common age to lose your virginity? Right, that's... The most, yeah. So, anyway, statistics fog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd be careful about average because I, I think averages can oftentimes be misleading. Yeah, no, I've been told that before and I think it makes sense. I mean... An average is really just a number that's made up of like other numbers, really. That is correct. That is what an Pretty average much. is. <laughs> that's a real five head shit right there, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go back. Can, can we go back to sort of the sense of like getting rejected online and resentment and entitlement? Um. I think the resentment, yeah, sure. I think the resentment and, and entitlement comes from, I think this idea that I'm special or that I'm in, that I, I need like validation from others to feel, uh, to feel important or to feel, I guess, uh, adequate. So do you think the resentment and entitlement are related to each other? Do they kind of yeah, because my entitlement isn't being fulfilled or isn't being uh, satisfied. And where did you get the sense? When what do you feel like you're entitled to? I feel like I'm entitled to a lot, a lot. Like I feel like I'm entitled to uh, a better, like a, a life that's better than most people, or a life that is maybe not easier, but that is like um, more fulfilling or that is more interesting, I guess. And, and where do you get the idea that you're entitled to a life that's better than most people? Well, I feel like I, I feel like there is this idea that um, that I'm special or that there's something about me that's like, I don't know, just different from other people. How long have you felt special, Kenny? Ever since I was like really young, I think. 
Can you tell me about that? Well, like I can, like I, I took an intelligence test when I was very young, and I scored like pretty well on it in certain areas. Like I, I scored high in certain areas and low in other areas, but I, I was like ca called gifted, or I was given the gifted classification, and then I was sent to like a special school for it, which I didn't contribute. That's not the only reason, but I feel like that contributed to it being told that you're different or special or like. You have Sounds like you actually were special, special objectively. Yeah, I was. And do you feel like you've lived up to your potential? Definitely not. I think, I, I feel like if I'm supposed to be smart, like, I feel like in many ways I'm supposed to be smart because of like what the test told me, but I feel like my life hasn't really lived up to that potential, lived up to what it means to be smart. And what does it mean to be smart? Well, in my opinion, like people who are smart usually get good grades or are successful or have a lot of things going for them in life when it comes to like success and either money or grades or something that makes them stand out, like some sort of status usually. And do you stand out? I think I stand out, but for the wrong reasons. Uh... <laughs> so I, I, was that insensitive? I, I thought that was... No, no, no. I, I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, why do you stand out? Well, I think I stand out partially because of like mental illness and partially because of uh, like, um, I think sometimes I, oh my God, this, I guess I could, I could go into a lot, but I, I feel like I, there's certain behaviors that I do that make me stand out just because I try to stand out. Like, I think in some ways I've inhibited attention seeking behavior in the past or behavior that where I want to be like at the forefront of like whatever's going on. And what makes you want to be at the forefront of whatever's going on? Because I feel like if people acknowledge me, I feel more validated and I feel more adequate, I think. Do you remember, that's a very analytical answer. Do you remember, was there a certain kind of acknowledgement that you wanted growing up? Um, well, growing up, I'm going to be honest, when I was really young, I, I didn't really need that much acknowledgement from my peers because I was kind of off doing my own thing. So I feel like this has been a recent thing. Like when I was really young, um, uh, for the most part, I was, I, I, I got most of the validation from myself or more, most of the validation internally. Whereas now I feel like a lot of it. Has when to did be. that change? I think it changed like late, late teenage years or yeah, I think like late teenage years. Do people tell you that you haven't lived up to your potential? Um, not necessarily, not directly, but I feel like there's in, there are indirect uh, ways that people say that or whatever. Can you give me an example? Well, I think it's communicated sometimes through like, uh, if I get a bad grade, I, I usually think to myself, oh, like uh, I should I should have gotten a better grade just because of my potential or like, what did I do? What am I doing wrong? Or why am I not getting the sort of success in school that I expect? Why don't you think you're getting the success that you expect? Well, I think I just have a lot going on in my life and a lot on my plate that kind of distracts me from being able to work effectively at school. And I think it's not just, um, it's not just that I have a lot on my plate as far as mental health is concerned, but also because I get pretty distracted. Like I have problems with uh, 
focused and paying attention and uh i have like adhd and stuff like that can i think for a second yeah sure go ahead Kenny, you know what I think the biggest problem is? What? Your confidence in what you know. Oh, okay. Explain what you mean by that. So I ask you a lot of questions, and you give me a lot of answers. And you give a lot of really good answers. Yeah. Right? Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, but I think it's actually kind of a burden, and it's sort of screwing you over. Because what I'm not hearing is a I'm not hearing a 19 year old who hasn't figured it out. What I'm hearing is a 19 year old who's figured everything out. Oh my God! What do you mean by that? Well, so like I'll I'll ask you questions, right? We're talking about women. We're talking about being an incel. We're talking about your views and how people treat you and stuff like that. And you have answers for everything. I get rejected. Yeah. I'm ugly. You know, the world is unfair. It's not my fault. Answers, answers, answers. I'm smart. I was gifted. I was tested. I haven't lived up to my potential. I'm handicapped. I have ADHD. The world feels really like a definitive place to me when I listen to you speak. Like I already have an idea of like what's going on or I already have an I think I know it's like I think I know everything. Yeah. Right? It's you have way more than an idea. You have piles and piles of evidence. You're way yeah. past the hypothesis generation phase. You're even way past the, the testing phase. Your you conclusions have already been made. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Right? But at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I don't mean to sound like a boomer, but like you're 19. And I don't mean to say that your experience doesn't have value. What, I, what I'm trying to say is that there are still more experiences which need to happen. And the biggest concern that I have for you is that your mind is not letting evidence change your view. It's letting your view change the evidence. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I'm concerned for you because I, I think... You know, I think there are a lot of alternate hypotheses. So I, too, theoretically was gifted. Um, I was never tested or anything, so I don't really know. And then I also struggled a lot. I probably could have been diagnosed with ADHD when I was 19 years old or younger. Uh, certainly didn't have good grades. I had like a, you know, like a 1.5 GPA or something after one year of college. And I hadn't lived up to my potential and also had a lot of sense of entitlement. I also had a lot of reaction formation personally, where I hated a lot of the things that I was jealous of. Yeah, I feel that completely. Right? Like, like I can't have it, so fuck that shit.
I hate you. Yeah. Because you are what everything. Are what huh? are some examples of that? Tell me. Like in, in your life, like what are some examples of like things that you were jealous of or things that were like uh, upsetting to you? Uh, so I devalued school and education because I felt yeah. like I wasn't good at it and it wasn't an accurate representation of my intellect. I felt like okay. they were plebs just reading fucking textbooks instead of thinking for themselves. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I actually, for me, it's like the opposite. I feel like education is very important or education is like very concrete and I feel like I'm inadequate because I don't live up to the expectations of education. Yeah, so I felt that too. I think it's actually the same feeling. It's one coin with two faces. Yeah. So deep down, I felt exactly the way that you did. And then my ego constructed a defense against it. Which is that I don't have to feel bad about myself if I put them down. Yeah. If they call me ugly, I don't have to listen to them if they're the ones that are ugly. Hmm. It protects me to put other people down. Yeah. It also helps me not take responsibility because then I get to do nothing about it, right? Because if yeah. I'm truly enlightened and they're all plebs, I don't have to listen to them. I don't have to value what they say. And it their rejection like of me, which is like F's on my report card, doesn't have to touch me if I devalue them and what they represent. I guess that's like how I view rejection in some way or how my attitude towards women in some ways. What do you mean by that? Like I see their rejection as like an inadequate or like as, oh my God, I kind of lost my train of thought here. Uh, I, I, I guess it's how I interpret their rejection of me in general, like as, and how I, I like, I feel like I'm not good enough, but in some ways I like getting, I, I think there's something wrong with them and not necessarily something wrong with me. If that makes yep. any sense. And it's kind of confusing, right? Because there's a part of you that thinks that, and there's a part of you that clearly thinks there is something wrong with you. Yeah. Something that's wrong with you that is just so wrong with you that it's unfixable. Yeah. Even the word incel. Right? So it's like, it's not even virgin anymore. It's like virgin is like someone who hasn't gotten laid yet. Virgins have become incels. Celibate is like a choice. It's like something that happens, you know, in life. It's like a long time span. And somewhere along the way, either like a bunch of virgins who now call themselves incels. I think it's the idea that, like, as you said, that it's just never going to happen or that something has happened to you or things have happened to you that makes you believe that there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So what happened to you that made you feel like there's nothing you can do about it? I think just like constant rejection and constant uh, feedback from like other people. When you say constant, tell me what constant rejection means. Well, like when I was in uh, university, like during my first year, I had this kind of idea that if I were to approach like one girl a week or if I approached a certain amount of girls that at least one of them would find me attractive. So it was like I was kind of playing the numbers game. But like every girl that I approached just didn't seem interested in either talking to me or didn't really seem interested in uh in me at all or they straight up rejected me or like said they would rather be friends or something else and w what does that mean and how do you understand that well i just understand it as like it, it as i'm just 
they're just not attracted to me in general. And I feel like because of how many girls have rejected me, I feel like I can make a state, like I could use that as like a sample size to kind of think of like what girls in general would think, I think. How did you talk to these women? Usually I just try to approach them or try to like start up a conversation or whatever and see if they were interested in talking. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Gany, I just got a little bit frustrated. I got to think about what's frustrating, but okay. Can I talk at you for a little bit? Can I lecture? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So the first thing is if you're approaching women, don't, that's not a thing. I don't know what that is, but like, here's, okay. So here's what I'm going to say. First thing to understand, Ganny, and you're allowed to disagree with any of this. Okay. I'm just going to rant. Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You ready for it, bro? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Issue number one, people are stupid. Okay. What that means is that like a lot of times men are stupid and women are stupid. Issue number two, people don't know themselves. These are like universal facts about humanity. I don't understand what's going on inside myself. And a lot of times I suspect that you don't understand what's going on inside yourself. And the women that you talk to don't understand what's going on in them. So like, yeah. like that's the first thing. So if, if you know, like I think your, your example is fantastic that, you know, sometimes when you ask a girl out, she doesn't know what to think, or she thinks shockingly more than one thing that there are yeah. reasons she is attracted to you. And there are reasons that she's not interested in you. Second thing is that if you're basing your idea that you're celibate or an incel based on approaching random women on the street and striking out over and over and over again, there's a difference between your worth as a human being and the strategy that you're employing to ask women out. What do you mean by that? Like if I'm a surgeon and I go in and start hacking at people willy nilly, and then I say, oh, fuck, I'm a terrible surgeon. I will never be able to save a life. There's a huge difference between the way in which I perform surgery and my capacity to perform surgery well. Right? There's like a method here. You're interpreting your value as a human being based on what sounds to me like a terrible way to approach women. Like you're not yeah. treating them like humans. You're treating them like objects to be approached. And I'm not surprised that you get rejected over and over and over again. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're ugly. It has everything to do with the fact that you're probably like, like you're not, it's not like a normal interaction. Right? Because people don't hit each other up on the street and then like start asking each other out. That happens rarely. It happens in the movies and we think that chads do that. And sometimes some people can get away with that shit. But that also has nothing to do with like that person being a Chad. It has everything to do with the fact that an interaction between you and another person, Ganny, involves you and another person. There's a whole other person there with thoughts, feelings, insecurities, their own issues. Case in point, lady who called you ugly because she felt like you were entitled to the attractiveness of all women. I have no idea where she gets that. I mean, maybe you were a toxic asshole and you said that to her, so that's fine. But it sounds like you weren't. It sounds like you didn't even hit on her in any way, shape, or form, and that you were just generally around. And that she chose to call you out as ugly because she felt like you were entitled to the attractive attraction of all women. I, does that make sense? Like, that has nothing to do with you, man. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, people are stupid and they don't know what they feel. The other thing is that, like, there are some differences, I suppose, in terms of gender dynamics, in terms of, like, when, um, you know, how men and women treat each other and find each other attractive and stuff like that. There may be differences there. But I'm telling you, like, as a scientist, the in-group variability far outweighs the between-group variability. That's a tricky sentence. Do you know what that means? Not really, no. Okay. So if you look at, like, intelligence amongst ethnicities, what you'll find is that basically people from all over the world, on average, are the same amount of intelligent. So it's not like Indian people are smarter than German people, or that German people are smarter than Indian people. The variability in intelligence within a community far outweighs the difference between communities. They're really smart Indian people, and they're really stupid Indian people. They're really smart German people, and really stupid Indian people. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. That's also true of genders. So there are women who are attractive and confident and picky and assholes. And there are men who are attractive and confident and picky and assholes. There are also men who are attractive and confident and nice. And there are women who are attractive and confident and nice. There are women who will judge a man based on his appearance within 30 seconds and then decide to date them or not date them. And there are also women who won't do that and who will get some, take some time to like know, get to know people before they decide whether they want to date them or not. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. So here's the next thing. I think that a lot of your... A lot of what they could be responding to is not your looks, but your insecurity about your looks. What do you think about that? Well, I feel, I feel like it is a mix of both, but if you are confident in how you look, I think you are more likely to get women or feel attractive. Okay, so let me ask you something, Ganny. When you come on stream with a mask on, yeah, what do you think that does to your insecurity? I think it gives it it gives it like uh, weight, or it, it like um, it, I feel like it's it it it, uh, it validates it or gives it oxygen. Absolutely. I love that last part. It's not validating. It gives it oxygen. It helps it grow. And what do you think that insecurity, every time you let your insecurity get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, what happens the next time you talk to a girl? It's, uh, I come across as insecure or, or anxious. Yeah, right. And they don't know. And it's, it's not that they like, don't, they're not like, they're not like knocking you off of a list permanently. I think a lot of times what it'll do is it'll probably confuse women. What do you think about that? Sorry, say that last part again. I think it confuses women. What confuses women? The combination between you approaching them random in, randomly in the street and being a gigantic pile of insecurity. Yeah, it's probably really weird to have somebody, especially somebody who's anxious or we or like uh, nervous to just randomly start talking to you out of nowhere. Absolutely. And then if you're anxious, how do you think they feel? They probably feel even more anxious or like uncomfortable. Absolutely, because we're empathic organisms. 
So they're not, I don't think they're looking down on you like you're a piece of shit and they're judging you because they're the superior sex. I think they're really confused and anxious. And generally speaking, when someone is confused and anxious and you ask them if they want to go out with you, what are they going to say? Probably no. Even if you're Dr. Chad Thundercock. <laughs> you think so? Pretty sure, bro. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think like, so, yeah. Any thoughts about what I've said so far? I mean, it makes sense to me. I, I've been kind of told versions of this before, but I think the way you say it makes it makes a bit more sense. Like, I feel like, um, probably my insecurity is playing a big role in like how I'm perceived or I guess my attractiveness overall, like, especially if I'm randomly approaching people out of nowhere. Right. I mean, like, so most of the people that, that I, you know, most of the successful relationships that I've seen don't start with anyone approaching anyone. Yeah. It's like, usually like people get into relationships when there are unplanned, repeated interactions, plus attractiveness. This is the biggest thing that people tend to miss out on. Unplanned repeated interactions is seriously the foundation of most. Well, this has changed since online dating, but like if you look at prior to online dating, unplanned repeated interactions are like most of how people like find someone to date. And that's why people date like their coworkers and fellow students. You don't date people off the street. You date your coworkers because like you go to work every day, they go to work every day. You guys like kind of chit chat a little bit. You crack a joke, they laugh. They crack a joke, you laugh. And then, like, it's sort of like an organic kind of thing. Now, online dating is a little bit different. I think that certainly does sound like more of a numbers game, right? And people swiping right and swiping left and whatnot. But even then, there seems to be some amount of, like, organicness to the more successful relationships. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is that a lot of your interactions are not organic or natural at all. Maybe I'm forcing it and trying like way too hard or making people feel uncomfortable because of my, uh, the way I'm approaching them partially too. Yeah. I mean, I certainly think so, but I, I encourage you to really just kind of look at yourself because I don't think, I mean, I, you know, I can understand everything that you've said. I think it makes sense. Like, I think it makes sense that you felt like you were rejected by that girl at the age of 17. But I think the really tricky thing, Gani, is that with each of those rejections, the confirmation bias grows. And the more you give oxygen to your insecurity, the more it finds confirmation biases. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So oddly enough, I think that much like the other incels that I've spoken to, I think your shit is a bunch of confirmation bias piled on top of a faulty assumption. Okay, yeah, that that's, sort of makes sense. What do you think the faulty assumption is? That I'm ugly, or...? Either that you're ugly, or I'd say even in a broader sense, that you're, you're not worth valuing. Damn. Right? And we hear subtle tones of that. I think ugliness is just the face of it. But we hear subtle tones of it when you, when you said that you used to acknowledge yourself. And then at some point, 
you started needing acknowledgement from other people. And you noticed that you needed acknowledgement from other people in high school. But I think that that sense of that's when you already needed acknowledgement. The hunger was already there in high school. So the question is, where did the hunger start? I think it started earlier. And if I had to put my my money on a couple of things and we'd have to talk more. So oftentimes these hypotheses, it's not that this hypothesis has a high likelihood of being correct. But this is the best that I can come up with. May have something to do with your parents. May have something to do with your mom's boyfriends. May have something to do with your dad. May have something to do with school and you feeling like you didn't live up to your potential. And the more that you don't feel like you lived up to your potential, the more you need other people to confirm for you that you have potential or that you have value because you don't get it from in here. So you need it from outside. And if you needed it from outside in high school, I think you started losing that confidence in yourself probably around middle school. And we even hear like a couple of tones of that, right? Because you were interested in girls in middle school, then you stopped in high school, which is a little bit strange. Yeah. So I I don't know if this is like one of those stories of like, you know, and we kind of heard a couple of different tones of this from your dad, where it sounds like, there's a part of you that feels like your dad should have done better. But then you also accept blame. Yeah, I I find it hard to just blame somebody. Absolutely. Because I know people are complicated and it's hard to just it's not it's not except women. You could blame them absolutely very easily. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess I I I think like I mean, blaming individuals like uh, blaming people and likes a specific person. Sure. So here's, here's a pro tip. Okay. So here's how you move forward. You have any idea? Uh, no. Okay. First thing is stop treating women as a class and start treating them as individuals. Okay. What do you think about that? I mean, it's, it's something I've been told before, but I think, I mean, it makes sense in general. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and some of them are going to be assholes, right? So like you shouldn't, you, you don't want to go like white knight. And like milady them to death. That's also <laughs> treating them like a class, by the way. It's still dehumanizing them and not treating them as individuals. Um, I'd, I'd say that's the first thing. Second thing is give yourself some time. Because I, I know it can be frustrating to hear, but you're young. And what I mean by time and you're young is give yourself some opportunity for new experience. Give yourself the opportunity to change your thinking. I'm not saying just like change your thinking because your thinking is wrong. If it's your thinking, it's your thinking. There's no reason that my thinking should be better than your thinking. So if there's a part of you that's still convinced that women are going to reject you because you're fucking ugly, then that's fine. You can think that. What I'm saying is that give yourself the opportunity to change your mind. Give yourself the opportunity for an interaction Watch that thought process give you a reason to explain any interaction with a woman from this day forward. You're going to like have like you're going to DM a woman and then she's going to say something to you. And then that part of your mind, that programming, that incel is going to start giving you reasons and answers. Oh, see, she, this is because I'm ugly. It's like, dude, the lady hasn't even seen you yet, but she knows I'm ugly because I have not. I don't show my face on, on voice calls. It's that unfalsifiable hypothesis kind of reasoning. You see that? Yeah. 
and then so give yourself the opportunity to learn or have a different kind of experience. And the last thing is, you know, let the women come if you want it. They'll come in time, Ganny. What you should really focus on is yourself. Because right now, I don't think you're a dude that's like worth being in a relationship with. And I don't mean that like personally to make you feel bad. I just don't think most 19-year-olds are. And give yourself yeah. like the benefit to like grow exactly as you are doing. And actually, you've made huge strides on that over the last couple of weeks that I've gotten to know you. Continue yeah. working on yourself and then like, you know, give yourself a chance to like feel good about yourself. So think about what it is that you want to accomplish and don't make it too high. It's not about living up to your genius IQ. It's about like, you know, setting things, setting small goals for yourself that you can actually set yourself to do. And try to do them. Start small. How do you climb a mountain, Ganny? Well, I guess one step at a time. Absolutely. And just because you're an IQ and have a bunch of potential, that just means you're trying to climb Mount Everest instead of Mount Kilimanjaro. So don't get confused because oddly enough, I think intelligence is a burden. It makes your life harder, not easier. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I've, I've seen that in my life for sure. Right? So one of my supervisors once told me that giftedness is a special need. You should treat, gift, treat gifted children like special needs children. And generally speaking, we think about special needs children as handicapped in some way. But I don't think that that's a fair way to put it. I think giftedness is a special need. And those kids do need to be treated differently. They need to be challenged differently. They need to be supported differently. They oftentimes get into this issue of like having way too much potential because they're told, like you're a five-year-old who's told like, hey, you have a bunch of potential. And then just imagine what that does to a five-year-old psyche. How does a five-year-old live up to its potential? Yeah. When you say, yeah, what does that mean? I'm asking you. I guess because it's a it's a lot to expect from somebody, especially at such a young age, and it's a lot to put on their plate, like a lot. But what are you even putting on their plate? How do they live up to their potential? I guess they have to live up. I guess have to be kind of a bit more patient and not expect everything to come immediately. But how does a five year old understand any of that shit? I guess the point is the five year old doesn't. Absolutely, it is impossible to live up to your potential as a five year old because you don't even know what that means. All you know is that you have potential. You have no idea how to live up to it. And your parents don't even know how to live up to it. But the burden gets placed on you then. And your five-year-old little brain doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing. All it knows is that it's supposed to be doing more than everyone else. That's all a five-year-old understands about living up to their potential. And so you were placed on an impossible road at a very young age. And you found yourself not walking it. And so then you became insecure about yourself because you feel like a failure, like you haven't lived up to your potential. And then your insecurity finds something. Oh, looks. At least that's something we can wrap our head around. The cosmic potential of your life is like, I don't even know how to wrap your head around that. And so your mind finds looks and it finds women. And ah, see how insecure we are. Now everything makes sense because we have a system. We have a system to understand our insecurity. We have an explanation for our weakness. 
Because the world makes sense if you're an incel. And you have a bunch of people on the internet telling you things. And it fits. It feels good. It resonates with your experience of life. And that's the saddest fucking thing because it's actually not true. You indoctrinate yourself to believe that you're unattractive and like not valuable to women. And the really sad thing is that's just not true, man. You seem to be a guy who like cares a lot about growing as a human being. And I can guarantee you that that's what makes a good partner. I know a lot of people want to just get laid and whatnot and chads and Stacy's and plates and all that kind of good stuff. But if you're talking about actually building a relationship, the hard thing about a successful relationship is that you start as two people and then you change. Because if you started dating someone tomorrow, Ganymede, like in five years, you would be a completely different person and she would be a completely different person. Yeah. And then five years after that, you would change again. And so the, the most important thing, I think, for a healthy and successful relationship is someone who's willing to change. Not like become what your partner wants you to become, but become what your partner needs you to be and what you need yourself to be. And so give yourself the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess in some ways, like if if the opportunity presents itself to be in a relationship and I'm not prepared mentally, that could probably like the consequences for that could be pretty bad, too. Absolutely. So does that mean you should be in the relationship? N not not quite. I guess not. Incorrect. Oh. Why is that incorrect? <laughs> Do it, man. Go for it. If you have the opportunity to engage in a relationship. Yeah, I guess because you still learn, you still get something out of it, right? Absolutely, man. Right? And at the end of the day, like, I'm one of these old school noobs who believes in love. And I still, yeah. like, I have a pretty, you know, like, I think I, I'm a believer in one-itis. I don't think one-itis <laughs> is a bad thing. So, you know, I, I definitely do think that people can get overly obsessed with one human being, and sometimes that can be harmful but i don't think it's like one itis as a class of stuff is bad right yeah. love can definitely be like awesome and it can also be devastating one itis if you pick the wrong person and you're not willing to let them go or you should invest in people who are willing to invest in you and if one itis yeah. means investing i think a lot of times what it ends up meaning when they kind of talk about it in a negative way is it's essentially investing in a relationship that's that isn't reciprocated that i think is unhealthy but it all depends on the person and ganny i think if you have the opportunity for a relationship even if you're not ready i'd say give it a shot and then learn because oftentimes we're not we don't become ready before we do things I don't know how else to put that. Does that make sense? Mm, not not quite. What do you mean by that? So is anyone ready to be a parent? Not not quite, no. How do you become a competent parent? You have to parent. You have to have experience. Absolutely, bro. So you may never be ready for a relationship. Don't let that stop you, man. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a way to think about it, yeah. Just fail magnificently. <laughs>
you shouldn't avoid failure. Just fail magnificently. Just go for it, man. Well, I guess see where failure you... is a normal part of learning. I mean, if you don't fail, what are you, what are you going to do, right? You're going to lay on the ground and do nothing, which is exactly what we love to do. That's us, <laughs> man. Now yeah. we come full circle. So I think we're done for today. Because okay, that's it, you. right? Yeah. You can blame the world and do nothing, or you can fail magnificently. But don't get, don't confuse yourself because success is not an option. Take success off of your plate. Your two options are to do nothing or fail magnificently. Your life will transform overnight if you internalize this idea. Do not attach yourself to the outcomes of your actions. Devote yourself to the action themselves. I guess don't go into things with a specific expectation about what you want out of it, but just do just do what you need to do. Yeah. And it's okay to want something, right? It's okay to have an expectation, but just acknowledge that that's an expectation and don't hold yourself to it. Yeah. Questions? Uh, I don't have any questions right now. I, I can't think of anything right off the bat. So. so I have a very challenging meditation exercise for you if you want to try it. Okay, sure. Okay, can you turn your camera back on? Well, I was going to ask you to take your mask off, or at least think about taking your mask off. And I wanted yeah. you to notice the insecurity that arises within you. What do you think about that? Well, I can take it off anyways. Yeah, but you have to do it on camera. That's the whole point. Oh, shit. Well, I'm sorry about that. That's okay. So see if you can get your phone charging. That's okay. Um, okay. Okay, oh, so this, okay. this is what I want you to do, Ganny. So sit up straight. Okay. It's not the same unless you're on camera. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get what, I get what you're trying to go for. What am I trying to go for? You're trying to get me to kind of accept the way I look or not be so... No, good God, no. Holy shit, that's hard. I'm not trying to get you to accept anything. What I'm trying to get you to do... Sorry for cutting you off. But no, 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 none of that, none of that feel good, accept yourself bullshit. What I want you to do is face your overwhelming fear. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can find, cause I had a, I, I'm gonna see if I can, uh, try a different cord and see if it charges. Hold on. Good. Look at the balls on this one to chat. Oh God. I hate all this positivity stuff. Except who I am is an ugly motherfucker. Embrace <laughs> your ugliness. No, man, it's, it's, it's not about that. It's not about, are you still around? Yeah, no, I'm here, but it's might take a little while to charge. Okay, so ta I'm... take your time, bro. Chad is, Chad is willing to wait for the big reveal. Got to keep us in suspense. <laughs> For education and entertainment purposes only. So here's here's the idea behind the practice. So earlier, uh, Ganny, I'm just going to talk about you in the third person while you look for it, because I don't know if you're here or not, okay? Okay, sure, go ahead. Okay. So here's the thing. So Ganny has a belief about himself. I love, I love your phrasing, by the way. Real five, 500 IQ play there. It gives it oxygen. 
right? So the interesting thing that I want you to do today in meditation is don't worry about like whether you're actually ugly or not. That's not the point. The point is if I ask you to take off the mask, the insecurity is going to like waken, awaken, like, like a slumbering dragon. And it's going to wake up and it's going to be like, no, 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 don't do it. What I want you to do, and even you can fail at taking the mask off. You can stop yourself from doing it. That's fine too. It's not really about whether you take the mask off or not, but it kind of is. It's about noticing that within yourself, there is a force that tries to control you. Right? And that's the force of insecurity. And literally, like, think about what the force of insecurity is doing to you. If we think about the actual physical action of taking a mask off, it's nothing. Right? It's okay, just like... Right. I can think of another thing to do here if this takes too long. I have a laptop that has a webcam on it. It's kind of shitty, but... Good enough. Okay. Can I troll you for uh, a second, Ganny? Yeah, sure. If you're ugly, is it better to have a shitty webcam or a good webcam? A shitty webcam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boot up your laptop, bro. Okay. So anyway, well, I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. So we're going to see the, the feeling of insecurity. So like notice that, you know, the, the physical action of taking a mask off is just, you know, you just pluck out the little strings and then it's off, right? It's like five seconds, but you can't do it. You can't do it. It won't let you do it, right? Your mind won't let you do that thing. She was pretending he ghosted me. That's okay. If Ganny ghosts us, so be it. His insecurity won out, which is okay. Remember, it's not about so it's not about saying no, thank you. I don't feel comfortable doing it. If you're gonna fail, do it magnificently and leave Twitch chat waiting for like thirty minutes while you never show up. Jebated, right? <laughs> yeah. So did you guys catch that? Don't put it in the in, in, this guy. Who's this guy? He caught it. Somebody caught it. The insecurity dragon faced itself. Don't put it in the thumbnail. Did you guys catch that? So you guys see how it like, it's so quick. So what you guys got to do is, is like, look at yourself, right? Not if you're ugly though. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to do this. Okay. So what I want you to do, um, is so close your eyes, Yanni, close your eyes and sit up straight. And I want you to just notice yourself. Notice the thoughts that go through your head. Oh, there we go. Right. So, yep, you're you're doing good. Just close your eyes. How do you feel right now? Talk to me. Slightly uncomfortable. I don't know. Okay, good. So tell me, what does the discomfort feel like? Uh, just a bit nervous, a little bit anxious. Okay. Where do you feel that anxiety physically in your body? Uh, mainly in my back and uh, in my shoulders. Okay, good. Eyes closed. Okay, good. Okay. So now I want you to think about taking the mask off. Again. Now I want you, as I, if okay. I, as I tell you to think about it, notice what happens within yourself. Tell me what happens. I start to get kind of nervous, I think. Okay, where do you feel that nervousness? 
uh, in my back mainly. Okay. Do you have particular thoughts? Um, not, I, not, nothing, nothing that I can pick out specifically. Okay. Okay. That's, that's okay. So now, so now I, I want you to just notice that like, there are going to be forces within you that are concerned, right? So you asked us before, it sounds like you're thinking about taking your mask off. So that's fine. But you mentioned, don't put it in the thumbnail. So that's a good example. Yeah, of no, like, that's just like a... Yeah, tell us about it. It's an anonymity thing mainly. Okay, that's fine. So, so by the way, if you want to stay anonymous, then you can do that. Don't, I, I, don't want you, I don't want to pressure you into not being anonymous. If you, I feel like this is a good example yeah. of depriving the insecurity of oxygen. And that's why I'm asking you to do this. Does that, is that distinction clear? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Okay. Do you want to try to deprive your insecurity of oxygen? Yeah, sure. Okay. So then take the mask off. Eyes closed. Okay. And now how do you feel? Uh, I feel a little bit exposed now. Okay, good. What does the feeling of exposed look feel like? Uh, well, I feel kind of uh, tense, and I don't—I know it sounds weird, but kind of naked. Like I feel like there's nothing to cover my uh, shame. Yes, good. Okay, so now let, let let's just look at that for a second. Can you look at it with me? Again, are you with me, buddy? Should I open my eyes? No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm just should saying, I open my are, eyes? No, don't open your eyes. But just are can you listen to the words that I'm saying, or does that sense of being exposed overwhelm you? No, I can listen. So now let me ask you something. Why does someone okay. need to not show? Like when we think about exposing, exposing involves seeing what? Uh, well, it depends what you're exposing, right? Right. But like when we use the word expose, we're sort of talking about something unsavory, right? That's the presumption. Yeah. Like if, if I, you know, if I, if I go get some flowers from outside, I don't expose them in a vase, right? I display them. Yeah. But displaying and exposing are both showing. You with me? Yeah, no, I'm with you. So what is it that we expose? Like it's something unsavory. Yeah, or something that you don't want, people don't want to see. So wait, wait, you don't want people to see or people don't want to see? Something that people that I that I think both like you don't want people to see and something that you very good right want, because like now notice this comes from you, Gammy. You don't know what people want to see, but you are afraid that if they see it, then what's going to happen? That they're going to judge me. They're going to think bad, look poorly of me, like look, like look down on me. Okay, and what what in what judgments are they going to have for you? Uh, they're, they're probably going to think I'm ugly. Like, that's what I think people are going to think. Okay. So now do you feel like people are thinking, no looking, no peeking at Twitch chat? Okay. Sorry. Do you feel ugly? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. 
So now I want you to focus on your breath for a second. So notice that there's a feeling of ugliness. Like, what the fuck is that even? Like, ugliness is not... Yeah, it's hard to explain. It's weird, right? Because, like, we think about ugliness as a physical attribute, correct? Yeah. But, like, it's not. It's a feeling. What holds you back is a feeling. It's not a truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know it makes sense. Okay, so just notice that feeling of ugliness. Then, like, tell me a little bit about it. Uh, well, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously a negative feeling, and I feel, I, I don't know, I kind of feel it in my gut right now. Like, good. Uh, I feel like I'm making a mistake. I don't know. Good. Okay, good. Right? So this is, it's, it's a protective mechanism. Something in your body is warning yeah. you. Yeah. Do you see that? So now I'm going to ask you a couple questions, Gany. What has happened in the past when you have shown yourself to other people? I was about to say exposed, but that would be way They've too They've had negative, negative things to say about it. Okay. And when was the first time you felt this way? Uh, the first time I felt this way was, um, I can't even remember, like probably not too long ago. Or not, not, not too long ago, probably like a little while ago. Okay. This feeling of being exposed and fear of judgment. That's a feeling that's new to you? Uh, mm, no, not really. Okay. How long is, has that f feeling been familiar? For like a few years now. Okay. And so would it be fair to say, I'm going to try to put words to it, okay? You let me know if, I, I'm not trying to lead you, but you let me know if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Are you afraid okay. of what other people will see you as? Definitely, yeah. Okay. How long have you been ashamed of what's inside? Like what's, I feel like I'm more ashamed of what's outside than what's inside, honestly. Okay. How long have you been ashamed of it? Uh, I think for like a few years now. Okay. So now I want you to pause for a second and think about this. You've already exposed yourself. It's done. You've taken your mask off. What do you think about that? Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to regret this, but I mean, I already did it. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. Do you regret it right now? A little bit. <laughs> okay, good. Tell me about that feeling of regret. Um, I don't know. I just feel, uh, I, I feel like, like, like now I've kind of like, uh, it's like I've opened Pandora's box and I don't know what's going to happen as a result of me showing my face here, like right now in this moment. Good. Do you know, so I want you to just take a snapshot of how you feel. Is there any feeling besides the Pandora's box? Uh, well, part of me feels like at least, at least out there, like at least now I don't have to hide or I'm not hiding to the same extent anymore. Yep. So I want you to take a snapshot of how you feel right now. Do okay. you know what we call how you feel right now? There's a word for no. this emotion. Can you guess what it is? What is it? Should we ask Twitch chat or should Security? I tell you? Nope. Incorrect. Just tell me. 
This is what we call courage. Oh, really? Yeah. How does courage feel? Well, when you put it like courage, I feel a little bit better. Like, I feel like I'm at least making a good decision rather than a bad one. Uh, it could be a bad decision, right? Pandora's box and all that. Yeah. Here's the crazy, <laughs> yeah. Here's the crazy thing about courage. Courage doesn't feel good. We make it sound like a good emotion, yeah. but it's not a good emotion. Courage is awful. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. And so now, I want you to try to appreciate yourself for a moment. Right? That, like, you did it. And you decided to take a chance. And it could end up terribly. I don't, I don't think it's going to, really. I, I don't think it is, Danny. Yeah. But facing the fear is actually the hardest part. Right? It, it, it's, it's the insecurity that holds us back from acting. That's the hard part. We're controlled by, like, these feelings on the inside. Ugliness is not even a thing. There's no, there's no, like, it's not a thing. You're just, I'm just talking to a guy on stream. If we had never had this conversation and we talked about what your favorite video game was for an hour and a half, you would be the same exact person. Twitch wouldn't know anything about you being afraid that you were ugly. It's all coming from you, man. It's not that the world judges you in a particular way. It's not that some woman... Sure, people can call you ugly from time to time, like that one particular woman called you ugly, but that's because she's got her own social justice shit that is going on. Or whatever. Yeah. Right? You are what you are. Nothing can change that. And the world can judge you, but any kind of judgment, if you give into it, is going to be damaging. And here's the crazy thing. The white world judged you for being brilliant, and what did that do to you? It, it, I mean, it kind of... Uh, the correct word is fucked you. It fucked you. Yeah. And that's such a... But who wouldn't want to be judged as brilliant or beautiful? All judgment fucks you. That's what judgment does. Big truth that Buddha discovered. All judgment is bad. You are what you are, Gany. Whether you're ugly or you're attractive or whatever, I have no idea. It's not my place to say. What I can say is that you're courageous. What I can say is that you haven't figured everything out yet. And thank God for that. Because if you had figured everything out, then your conclusions mean that your life would suck. All it takes is courage. Courage and an open mind. And give yourself the chance to change. Okay. How do you feel right now? Uh, a little bit nervous. I don't know. Good. See, I'm, I'm telling you all these really inspiring words. And what's yeah. happening inside you? Well, I feel a little bit better about it, but it's still, I don't know. I'm going to need some time, to, a few days to think about what just happened. Fantastic. That's what we want you to do. But what's happening inside you? You see that little thing? It's like an animal. Yeah. I can say as much at Dr. K inspiring shit as I want to, and that animal is still there. Do you see how it has a life of its own? Yeah. But that's not you, man. That's it. Can you see that it is separate from you? 
Kind of, yeah. Okay. So now I want you to try something. One last thing. Put the mask back on. Okay. I don't know if this is on straight, so... That doesn't matter. Is that the beast talking again? Okay. Now the mask is on. Do you feel safe? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Okay. I feel like it's already been exposed, so it's like, what can I do now? Exactly. But still, so despite the fact that, that what can you do now, you still feel a little bit safer. Now take it off again. Do you feel feel re-exposed? Yeah, I do. It's weird, right? But even then, like yeah. nothing has changed. People have seen your face already. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. It's just this thing inside you that has a life of its own. It's not logical. It's not true in any way, shape, or form. Does that make sense? It's just like it like mask is on, oh I feel better. Mask is off again. Oh, I feel worse again. Like what the fuck? You've you've had it off for the last five minutes. Like what difference does it make? But that yeah, insecurity that's, that's, doesn't care. It's not logical. And it'll find whatever reasons it can to justify its existence and convince you otherwise. So practice not yeah. listening to it. Practice courage. And then one day, you'll be ready to talk to a woman. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Any last thoughts or questions? No, not that I can think of. What are you feeling now? I see you smiling. Uh, I don't know how I feel, honestly. It's, I'm going to have to take some time to think about it. Beautiful! Right? So, like, just that's awesome, man, because what you used to feel was nervousness, and now you're saying, I'm not sure. Which is exactly what we want for you, dude, is to not know for certainty what your life holds. The more you say, I need to think about it and I'm going to figure it out, the better your life is going to be. So that is yeah. the right answer. And I think we're done for today. What do you think? Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think it's, this is a good place to end it. <laughs> all right, man. Listen, Getty. All right, see I really wish you all the best, man. I, I think that, you know, like, just keep walking what you're walking. And don't let okay. yourself... You know, it's okay to be held back by your insecurities, but for only so long. And keep okay. doing what you're doing. And don't give up on the rest of humanity because we're not going to give up on you. Well, thank you. That feels better to hear. All right. Take care, man. Okay. Take care. Bye. Okay. GG Ganymede. Oh my goodness, Ganny the legend. Be careful, chat. Be careful of the expectations that you put upon Ganny's back.